This week's listener spotlight is Victoria VK. She writes the podcast is spectacular. In just about 30 minutes, he's able to ask the perfect questions so that you can truly get to know his guests. The show is fun yet deep and he has the most charming British accent. So you get double the enjoyment during your listening time. Well, thank you. Um, I think everyone else has an accent. This is this is how English sounds. <laughs> All right. And if you want to be featured on an upcoming show, leave a short written review of your thoughts on the show and I'll give you that shout out. Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Three, two, one. Amplify your mission. Access training. AYMission.com. And here is your host. He's a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. This week, we're all about finding your focus. We have C. Gordon Moose on the line. He's a former real estate guy. He's trained under Bob Proctor. And we're going to be talking about how to achieve focus in all areas of your life. So obviously that's quite broad and quite focused at the same time. So we're going to dive into this. So firstly, Gordon, are you ready to amplify your mission today? <laughs> I am, absolutely. Awesome. I always didn't know what to call you there because it's C. Gordon Moose. You say some people call you Moose, some people call you Gordon. <laughs> um, so firstly, I've got to we'll add a little bit if there's anything I missed from your bio, if you want to add and highlight that. But what is the C for? Well, the C is for Carl. My name is Carl Gordon Moose. So I published some manuscripts not too long ago, and my publisher said, let's, let's spice it up again. You have a weird last name, which is Moose. Uh, so they said, let's go with C. Gordon Moose. So you can call me, you can call me Moose if you like. You can call me anything you, anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, apart from that, as you mentioned a book, is there anything else from the bio that I missed? Because it's quite a brief one. Sure. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a formal com commercial real estate guy and, you know, had a career. We own buildings. I worked as a consultant and still do. Um, and the way that the whole focus thing, the genesis of the focus program was I realized looking back on my own career um, and whether it was my relationships or my career or my finances or my health and my wellness that, you know, when I was more successful, I was focused. And when I was less focused, I was less successful. So, you know, all the work that I had done with the Napoleon Hill Foundation and Think and Grow Rich and Bob Proctor, you know, I developed over the year, over a couple of decades, actually, this Find Your Focus program. And it's really about finding, maintaining and sustaining your focus in all areas of your life. So that's, that's really what I'm doing. I'm training, you know, I'm doing training and guidance and, and seminars and that type of thing. Cool. And I know on your, your website, you have the seven keys to focus. So I think that might be a good, good place to start broadly. And then we can dig in from there. So what are the seven keys to focus? You know, there's a number of different things and I like to break them up into the three categories, right? Mm -hmm. Finding your focus takes certain principles and awareness, uh, maintaining your focus, takes on a different set of principles, and then, of course, sustaining it long-term. Um, so, you know, the, the first step is really awareness. You know, elevating people's awareness around, you know, how it is that we actually focus. Because here's the reality. We're, we're born with what's called our mental muscles, right? And there's six mm -hmm. mental muscles. There's, it starts with our intuition, uh, our memory, our perception, uh, our imagination, our, our reasoning, uh, and our willpower and focus really boils down to willpower. Now here, I like to tell a little story here. You know, I've got kids and I remember when my son was about, I want to say he was three, maybe four years old. And we were at, uh, you know, we were in a toy store and he really wanted a toy and he literally 
uh, was not going to, he was very focused on getting that toy. Nothing else mattered. And he literally threw a temper tantrum to the point where my wife and I, you know, his mother and I walked away from him because we were embarrassed. Yeah. And when I went over there to pick him up, he literally, he, it's like, he, it's like he had channeled this life force. He actually weighed more than he did normally. He wasn't moving anywhere. And I tell that story to illustrate that we have an incredible ability to focus and it's, it's, it's centered around our willpower. So, you know, one of the first steps is, is understanding that and then really engaging our willpower. And it's what I called desired based focus. In other words, one of the other principles is really figuring out what you want, right? And that's when you, when you have desired based focus, in other words, when you focus based on your desire, you're, you're literally unstoppable and you, you, you will move mountains to get what you want. So that's, you know, that's that awareness part of it. That's mm -hmm. how you find your focus. And then we move into, you know, we move into how you maintain your focus in the short and medium term. And then how do you sustain it long term? Okay. I mean, what are some of the things, some of the tips around, you know, that control, maintaining your uh, focus and, you know, keeping it? Sure. Well, one of the things is, uh, you know, Who's in your mastermind? Who who are you affiliating with? Who are you associating with? Because, you know, that's how that's one of the simplest ways to get um, unfocused. And that's actually a misnomer. You know, the universe, as you know, is oscillating and always changing and moving, right? So just by nature, we're always in a constant uh, 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 state of motion, right? We're always off balance. So people that are highly successful understand how to refocus, right? How to get back into calibration when they get knocked out of focus. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, we're, we're in a constant state of motion. It, the universe is. So that's one of the keys. And one of the keys to that is who are you hanging around with? You know, are you hanging around with people that are doing what you want to do, right? That are supportive of, of what you want to do? Are they, um, you know, adding um, uh, value to your uh, efforts, uh, and vice versa, are you adding value to their efforts? So that's one of the key things is really being aware and taking a look at who is in your circle of influence, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, they just don't pay any attention to that. And they wonder why they keep gravitating to certain type of people that may not be so good for them. And the, the unfortunate news, the bad news is oftentimes those people are the people that are really closest to you. Sometimes they're family members, you know, and you know, I come from a big family. There's some of my siblings that I can talk business and politics with, and there's some that I can't because we're just not on the same page. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love them or I don't, you know, I wouldn't do anything for them. They're my siblings. However, you know, are they the best for me when I'm really focusing on what I want? Sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. So that's a key thing is really looking around who's in your circle of influence. And what about focus plateaus? I see you've, you write about that as well you know, you've hit that plateau. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because again, um, it really goes back to an Eastern philosophy of the seven levels of energy or the seven levels of, of awareness. Right. And we really, we all start off at a very low level, an animalistic level where all we're concerned about is satisfying our needs. We're in complete and total reactive mode, right? We're not responding mm -hmm. uh, under control. We're reacting to circumstances, right? And that is really the low, lowest level or the lowest plateau. And when we're, when we're just satisfying our needs, our physical needs, uh, we're operating at a very low level, you know, like, like a dog or a cat or, or an animal, 
you know, they're just all they're they're not really thinking about tomorrow or they're not thinking about what lessons they can learn from the past. They're really just in animal mode. And then it goes all the way up, you know, the seven different plateaus, you know, from animal you go to, um, you know, you, you have an aspiration mode where you say, I want something more than just survival. You know, I want to thrive. Yeah. Right. And you move up the up. Then you be, then you start to look at it from an individual standpoint. You're no longer, you know, as part of the herd. Right. You see, look up and you say, hold it. I'm I want something more than just the herd mentality. Right. Just going along with the masses. And then you start to move to a higher level where you're actually experiencing yourself as a disciplined individual. Right. Where you're saying this is what I want. This is what I'm focused on. And this is what's required for me to uh, for me to achieve that. And so that you, you start to use the principle of discipline and then you start the next level up as you experience yourself as a discipline, as a disciplined individual. Right. And then of course the highest level, which is the level of mastery. And you know, my, my, my mentor, Bob Proctor said, that's the level that has no cap. There's no level beyond that. In other words, you never cap out or you never reach yeah. the ultimate in expertise or enlightenment or uh mastery because there's always the more you learn the more you realize you don't know so those are the seven plateaus and a lot of people don't even you know realize where they are you know a lot of people just go along with the masses they don't you know they don't even realize hold on a second you can stop and think for yourself and really focus on what it is you want and many people don't even know what they want i ask people all the time what do you want you know and they they can, they can't really tell me what they want. You mentioned uh, your mentor Bob Proctor there, and I don't want to assume, but who helped awaken your alpha? Yeah, well, there's, you know, I I had the benefit. I, I played hockey all my life at a pretty high level, and I had some amazing coaches. I, I really do. There was a gentleman named Nick Wren when I was young. Nobody knows who he is except in my community, but he was a <laughs> phenomenal coach. Another coach, another coach of Notre Dame uh, hockey, uh, Lefty Smith. God rest his soul. He passed away. Of course, Bob Proctor, who. Mm. Um, you know, for those listeners that don't know who Bob Proctor is, uh, Google him. He's, he is the master. He's, you know, pushing 90 years old. And, um, you know, he really, I worked with him for about three years. Um, and uh, that was really an awakening because, you know, he opened my, my he elevated a level of awareness about my power and my ability um, to do things that I just didn't think were possible for me. And um, I really do have to point to Bob, uh, you know, and I didn't, by the way, I didn't find Bob until I was in my 30s. You know, I wish I had discovered him when I was in my teens, but uh, well, t- the, I wasn't your, ready for it. Yeah, touching your origins there. Where are you originally from and where are you speaking to us from today? And, you know, yeah. you don't mind me asking how old are you? Sure, sure. Of course, no problem. Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> if just, you don't mind me lying to you, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a range. Uh, no, I grew up in Cleveland. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you know, I come from a pretty pretty typical American family. There were, you know, my mom and my dad, my, my, my five brothers and sisters and, you know, upper middle class was, uh, you know, the environment, uh, raised in a Catholic, you know, very stable Catholic community. Um, went to school in New York and, and then, uh, you know, I played hockey at a pretty high level, uh, not only in college, but also a couple years, of, you know, semi-pro. Um, and now I live in Chicago, which is where it's funny because that's where my mother and father were originally from. And I'm almost 60 years old, you know, so. Wow. Oh, um, your picture. You don't look it. Doing something right. Well, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. When was a period when it was a real challenge for you, or another period when you really you just couldn't focus? Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you. I don't know if you have kids or not, but that yeah, that was two, really two young boys. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah, mine are teenagers now. Then you can appreciate this. Um, you know, I was very selfish. I was very self-centered. 
Um, you know, and I was, I was, I was fooling people. I was faking, you know, I was, I was pretending to be something that I w- really wasn't for my, for my own insecurities and my own fears. And it wasn't until I had children that the whole world was put into perspective for me because I realized that I'm now here. My purpose is much bigger than me, right? It's much, yeah. it goes way beyond me. And, um, you know, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Now I didn't have children until I was 42 years old. I thought I was a very happy wow. bachelor. Yeah. I was I was earning a very good living. I was traveling around. I had lots of friends, both male and female, and I, you know, I, I thought to myself, "This is I, I don't know why am I going to get married? Why am I going to screw this up?" And it ends up that I did, and I had children. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. So that was that was when I really awakened, and I, I I was called to be somebody bigger and better than myself for other people. Yeah. Well, it certainly might be a slightly different time as well then, but when was a time when it was really, you know, it didn't go well and, you know, you're the focus guy and we're talking about finding your focus, but just a challenging time where you really felt like you, you didn't have a path or you just couldn't focus. I mean, or just a, yeah. Any periods well, like that. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about, I'll tell you something, you know, I, I, you, you probably don't know this uh, about me, but, uh, and I'm not proud of it, but it's part of my, it's part of my story. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in finance. I was I was putting uh, 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 wind energy deals together in the uh, let me think about this the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah. And I unfortunately, without knowing, I didn't do it intentionally. I broke a few SEC federal laws, and I was indicted. Um, and um, I ended up spending a year at a, in a in a federal detention center, a, a you know, prison prison camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worst experience of my entire life. I bet, especially you know. I mean, you know, you're not aware you're doing it and kind of thing. You've, you know, you're doing what you're doing and then you're like, yeah. oh dear, right. <laughs> you've made some mistakes and wow. Uh, that's the reason why I, you know, I, 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 I made a deal with the federal government and I said, okay, that's, if I have to sit out, that's my, that's the consequence, right? And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it gave me time. I, I read about 188 books and I really did some uh, reflection. And I realized that I, when I was putting those deals together, I was not focused on the right thing. I was focused on what was in it for me. And I wasn't really thinking about, uh, to the extent that I should have been thinking about, how this impacts all the other people involved. And, and it ended up when the whole thing, when I wrapped the whole thing up, I didn't do it properly and I broke some federal laws, which I wasn't aware of, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. My point was, I could, I could actually go back in time when I, when I, had time to stop and think about it. I looked and I said, this is where I went off track. This is where I went off track. This is where I went off track. And those, you know, it, very rarely, and I'm sure you can appreciate this very rarely when you make a major mistake in your life, is it, you know, a momentary thing. It, it usually happens over time. You know, one thing, it's like a plane, cra- you know, a plane accident. It, you know, it's not one thing that brings down a plane. It's a series of small events or, or mistakes yeah. that eventually lead to the plane crashing. And it's the same thing, you know, with me. And, and I was not focused. I was not focused on the details. And that's what ultimately led me down that, that, the, the path to, to my destruction, um, which landed me in, in, in prison, which was, you know, again, I've moved on. It's, yeah. It was many years ago, oh, nearly 10 years ago. And I learned from it, you know, however, I can, I can see that I was really not operating at the level that I'm, yeah. that I'm operating at this point. So when you came out, you had to completely change professions or was that, how was that coming out and sort of? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I uh, well, yes. I mean, the, when I was, when I was done with that, you know, there were some restrictions as what I could do and what I couldn't do. And that was fine. 
because I was no longer in the wind energy business, uh, yeah. which is what it was really related to. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, the funny thing is, was I always wanted to do what I'm doing now. And if I didn't take, if, if the universe didn't slap me in the face and sit me down for a year, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you because it really gave me an opportunity to look at my life, look what was important and say, what do I want for the rest of my life? And that's when this whole thing really, it was in the works for a long time. Yeah. However, it really didn't come to fruition until um, that period of my, that one year period of my life where um, I, um, I really, I focused, I, I, I got super focused. And you know what the other thing is that I learned from this lesson, you know, I, the reason why that went by, that year went by with me like a flash was because I was hyper-focused. When, when I was there, I focused on helping other people in the education department. I focused on completing my manuscripts. I focused yeah. on reading books that I probably never would have read before, right? I focused on um, my health and my wellness, believe it or not. I only ate certain food uh, and I worked out. You know, I, I got on a workout regimen. So as bizarre as it sounds, that that year, uh, that 12-month period was really, uh, it, it, it was something that allowed me to well, regain my focus. Yeah. Would you think um, it's, I mean, you know, pulling from that, do you think obviously generally people's lives, are f like, they've complicated them far too much? And obviously a lot of restrictions were put on you there. So it's like forced, your life became a lot simpler. So that allowed you to, you know, it's less things to focus on. So you could focus on, you know, what you could do. Yeah, well, I don't recommend anybody going through the, what no I went way. through. And, but, no however, way. no matter, here's my point, no matter what you're going through, because that was the lowest low point in my life. Yeah. And, no, and, and we all have those moments in our lives where, you know, you're diagnosed with cancer or your spouse dies or a child is lost or something. You know, we all go through, that's what's common as human beings. You know, there's, all, there's always going to be something that, that just drops you down. And the, the, the question is, and what I learned from this process is who are you going to be in that moment, right? Are you going to, listen, I could have very easily slipped into um, uh, a, a criminal mentality and, 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 and wasted that year long. And it, it, I know for a fact it would have been, it would have gone, it literally flew by in a moment because I was, I was focused on the right thing. So mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, our lives are complicated, but here's the thing. We are in control of that, whether you're, yeah. whether you're aware of it or not. And you get to say, how you spend your day, right? And so, you know, uh, you know, meditation is something, uh, you know, that, that I found, right? And, and just taking time to smell the roses along the way, right? And the, the, the things that are, you know, the free things in life are the most valuable things in life. Just take a walk in a rose garden and, and stop for a moment and just look at the beauty of a rose, a simple rose or whatever it may be, you know, and unfortunately, most people don't do that. And, you know, again, that's very powerful when you, when you just, you get back in touch with really who you are. Yeah. Well, from that experience, and you said, you, you know, you, before that you was holding off, you know, a lot of things. What, what are your thoughts around fears and, you know, fears clouding people's judgment? Oh, sure. And obviously yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've got a whole exercise about that. You know, there's five things and I'd be more than happy to send this to you because I've got all this, everything I'm talking about, the seven levels and the, 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 you know, the, 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 the focus foundation and the five fears, you know, basically humans have six fears. I'm sorry, you get six human fears. I don't care who you are. We have these, right. And, and I'll just go through, I call, I call, I group them in threes. So there's three social fears and then there's three internal fears, right? The three social fears are uh, fear of criticism or judgment, 
number one. Number two, a fear of loss of affinity or love or friendship. The third one is uh, um, fear of success or fear of poverty, right? And so those are the three social fears. The three internal fears are the fear of, of sickness or illness, which we're going through right now, the entire world. Yeah. Fear of fear of old age or weakness, right? And then the fear of death. So we all have these six fears. Now, what I what I say about that is those six fears, along with doubt, along with confusion, along with indecision, and along with worry, are the five things that stop you in any area of your life. If there's any area of your life that you're stopped in, your relationships, your health and your wellness, your finances your profession or education or your spirit, one or all or a combination of those five things are at play. Again, the fears, which I just told you there's six yeah. of those, right? Fears, doubt, confusion, indecision, or worry. Those things are at play. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is when you're aware of that, it's fair, there's some very simple techniques that can get you beyond that. So when you're being indecisive, that's going to stop you. That's going to lead to procrastination. So how do you get by indecision? You, you, you focus on your desire, and then you make desired-based decisions. When your decisions are based on your desire, procrastination goes right out the window, right? So that's how you get beyond indecision, right? If, if, you're, if you're fearful of something, first you have to understand fear is a state of mind. You're afraid of something in the future that hasn't happened yet. It's a state of mind. Yeah. And then you, you can analyze that and say, okay, does this fear fall into the category of criticism and judgment? Does it fall into the category of, I'm afraid I'm going to die? Does it call, fall into the category of, if I do this or don't do this, someone might like me or not like me, right? So you start to, you can start to analyze your fear. And then once you analyze your fear, you're in a position to, to, to act in face of it, which is the definition of, of courage, right? Yeah. The definition of courage is not the lack of fear. It's the, it's the acknowledgement of fear and acting in the face of that fear. That's Courage. As a matter of fact, you can't have courage without fear. There's no such thing as courage without fear. Courage is based on you acting or not acting in the face of that fear. So those are that's a huge part of my training because people, um, they're not aware. They can't name those six fears, and they're not aware which one is operating anytime they get stopped. And just that, just that lesson alone, I've seen people do things that they never thought they could do because they, they literally learn how to manage their fear, which they weren't even aware of before. Yeah, no, fear is huge. No, um, yeah. love talking about fear as well. Is there a particular quote? I mean, it sounds a lot of things almost quote worthy there, but really sums up your approach to life or a, you know, a particular <laughs> favorite quote sort of thing well, you might have up in your office. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, there's so many. Oh, Bob Proctor's got so many. But you know, one of the ones, I'll take it right from Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. You know, this is probably one of his most famous quotes, at least that he gets credit for. He was the one that gave Roosevelt the quote, um, uh, the only thing to fear is fear itself. That actually came from Napoleon Hill. Um, Roosevelt made it famous, but it was it was Napoleon Hill that said the only thing to fear is fear itself because it is a state of mind. But the other one that I love from Napoleon Hill, which is probably his most famous, was he said, anything the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So in other words, anything the human mind can conceive, in other words, think of, and it believes that it has the ability to to attain, it can actually achieve. So that's probably one of the ones that I like the most is anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. 
Has there been a particularly impactful book for you where you just kind of read it at the right time? And I know you said you read a lot of books when you was uh, sort of had that period, um, that 12 months where you had a lot of time to yeah. think. I mean, any that spring to mind or just a book? Oh my gosh. My favorite yeah, recommendation. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, Think and Grow Rich is my, is my Bible. I read from that every day and I've memorized parts of it. So that's, that is the universal one. But, you know, uh, I'm a big Eckhart Tolle fan. I, I like Eckhart Tolle, you know, The Power of Purpose yep. and The Power of Now, two great books. The other one was, uh, the, I think it's called The Art of Happiness with the Dalai Lama. It's an okay. interview with the Dalai Lama. Um, I believe it's I believe it's the art of happiness with the Dalai Lama, and that's a really great one. But there's so many, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I like to tend towards authors. You know, you know, you know, um, Eckhart Tolle. I'm, I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle. Um, um, you know, Deepak Chopra's got some really great stuff. Um, you know, there's just so many books out there. And if people want to continue the conversation and find out what about you and more and about the focus, what is the best way to connect with you? Well, so it's interesting you ask that because right now um, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is a round of, um, you know, what I call 15-minute focus foundation calls. So if somebody wanted to actually get on the phone with me live for 15 minutes and, and look at the found, their focus foundation, because for most people in less than 15 minutes, we can start to, to look at what they're focused on or what they're not focused on or where they are in that, in that spectrum, you know, that, that continuum. So... Um, yeah, absolutely. If someone wanted to email me, um, they could email me at info at yourfocusguide.com. And in the subject line, just put um, focus foundation call or 15 minute call. And then, you know, their contact information. And what we'll do is we'll arrange a phone call and we'll have a 15 minute call. So I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've got bandwidth for probably about 10 or 15 of those. Um, okay. So if somebody's interested in doing that, for sure, that's how they can get a hold of me. Cool. And again, keep this ever to keep this evergreen as well. It's yourfocusguide.com in general as well. They can go and find all the information as well. And that'd be all in the show notes as well. That's um, correct. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, and just to kind of start wrapping things up, I, I just wanted your thoughts about, you know, very practical, specific tips or habit builders that you use in terms of keeping focus, maintaining focus. I mean, what are your thoughts on Pomodoros, yeah. things like that, like practical tools for people listening? Sure. Well, so here's what I do. Um, you know, if you came into my house, you would see vision boards. I've got about three or four of them uh, around the house. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much, they're not displayed openly, but, you know, one's on the back of my bathroom door, one's in my closet door. Uh, there's one in my bedroom, uh, you know, behind a door, so you can't really see it. But what's my point? My point is, it's all about desire. That is the starting point. So if there's something you really want in your relationships, Find an image of that that represents that to you and put it somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis. If there's something in your finances, you know, a certain amount of money or maybe a vacation home or a car or a watch or a, a diamond ring or whatever it may be that represents that, find an image of it and, and put it somewhere so you're going to see it on a regular basis. You know, in your, in your, you know, like I said, in your relationships, in your, in your finances, you know, as far as a job, if there's a certain or occupation that you want, you know, find an image that reminds you of that because that is so powerful, mm. right? It's so powerful. And it is a, whether you see it, whether you consciously, whether I consciously acknowledge the vision boards or not, my subconscious sees it every time I walk by it. And on a subconscious level, um, it starts to imprint in my brain, right? And it starts to, uh, it starts to sh shift the vi my vibration, right? And so that's one of the most practical things I could think. You'll find some physical reminders 
Um, you know, if you ever meet me in my pocket, I keep a gratitude stone. I have it with me right now. Oh, okay. it, it, it gives me gratitude for my life, for the people in my life, my children. I'm rubbing it right now. So I put it in my pocket every day when I leave the house. And by the way, if I get to the bottom of the elevator and I have, don't have it, I go back up and get it. So that's just a little physical reminder yeah. for me that I always, every time I reach in my pocket to get change or anything, I touch it. And it's, it's subconsciously, it's a reminder to me to be great, to have gratitude for everything in my life. Oh, I love that. I've got a little really cool little stone I've got here in my office that I always rub. And that's going to become my gratitude stone now. I love that. <laughs> I see, little, I'm glad I asked. Little, little practical things like that. But, you know, it's, it can be very powerful. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, by the way, that was not my idea. That that came from a friend, Lee Brower, who was who was also with Bob Proctor in The Secret, uh, and he told a story about that. And you know, the other thing is, see, you know, that connects us, right? So every time I touch the stone, I'm going to think of you, and but <laughs> and vice versa. Even though we're on opposite sides of the world, you know, what I mean, I mean, seriously, it it it, it works like that. Oh well, watch out, Moose. I'm uh, I've moved. I'm I'm quite close to Chicago now. I'm up in northern Michigan, up in the world. Oh, are you? Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, next time you come to Chicago, you have to, you have to let me know. We'll, uh, we'll connect. Yeah, Chicago is one of the places I've wanted to go for a, quite a long time. I've always heard good things about it. No one's ever said a bad word. And for whatever reason, it's just, I've been close a few times. It just, it's never happened. <laughs> I was actually oh, supposed, you, supposed to come a yeah. few times this year, and then this whole uh, pandemic thing happened. <laughs> yeah, well, summer is a great time in Chicago. So, you know, maybe just take some time off and, and plan on coming next year. But for sure, if you're ever in town, Look me up. We'll go get a cup of coffee or a pint of beer or whatever you like. <laughs> awesome. Well, Moose, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Cheers. Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Make sure to join our Amplifying Your Mission community on Facebook. Get all your questions answered. Thank you for your cooperation. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. System shutdown in three, two, one.